0: There again, Joshua chapter 23, that's where we're gonna be. We've got two chapters left. We've got Joshua 23 and we've got Joshua 24. And so tonight we're gonna be in Joshua 23. And as we conclude the book of Joshua, I wanna remind you of two truths, two truths that I have repeated over and over again uh, these last several months as we've been in the book of Joshua. Two truths that we learned from the book of Joshua. Number one, The book of Joshua shows us the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God in keeping His promises to His children. That's one of the truths that we see over and over again. It doesn't matter what chapter you're in. uh, It doesn't matter what verse or what circumstance is taking place. You're going to see God's faithfulness in keeping His promises to His children. That's one important truth throughout the book of Joshua that we see. The second truth is this. The book of Joshua shows us the participation of God's children in His purposes for them. So that's one thing that we see in Joshua. Yes, uh, God made promises and He kept His promises, but He also challenged His people to do what He called them to do. And, And not sit around and watch, but to participate. And so I love the book of Joshua because, yes... Uh, God makes incredible promises and he's faithful to keep them. But he also invites his people to take part, to participate in what he's doing in the kingdom. And what we see in the book of Joshua is we see his children participate in those purposes. Uh, we've seen it over and over again in the book of Joshua. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. Uh, Joshua, he's leading his people. Even as an old man, we get to Joshua 23 and Learn out real fast that Joshua has become an old man. And and even as an old man, he's still leading his people well. And that's what I love about the book of Joshua. We see a godly leader, not just a great leader, we see a godly leader, and he shows us how to lead. And, And so I love that about Joshua. Uh Joshua was one who consistently pointed his people to the Lord God Almighty. He consistently pointed them to God. And he consistently reminded them that it was the Lord who was fighting for them. The Lord is fighting for you. That's what he kept telling them. The Lord is fighting for you. And we're going to see that same message, that same theme tonight in Joshua chapter 23. So, let's go ahead and dig into the scripture. I want to read this first passage, verses 1 through 5. Joshua 23, 1 through 5 says... After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then a very old man, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am very old. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Don't you love that? He says, It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered, between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. The Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. So like I said, Joshua is a godly leader. And one thing a godly leader recognizes is more leaders, right? A godly leader is gonna recognize more leaders. Uh, he, He needs more leaders to help him because he has a wide range of people to help. And so he knew he couldn't do it by himself. He knew he had to help Other leaders, right, recognize their own ability and then equip and enable them to lead. And so what we see in Joshua 23 is that Joshua holds an important meeting with Israel's leaders. So Joshua 23 is not about him communicating to all of Israel. Joshua 23 is him communicating to his leaders. It makes it very clear. The elders, the leaders, the judges, that's who he's talking to. So it was important for Joshua to clearly communicate with his leaders first so that they could help communicate with all of the people. Uh, It was also important because Joshua recognized that his time was short. He didn't have much time left, right, on this earth. Uh, he, He recognized that he was old and that he needed to say some things before his time ran out. And so what does he do? Joshua reminds them and encourages them with the promises of God. I think this is so good. He could say a lot of things with his last words. But what does he focus on? He focuses on the promises of God. The promises of God. This is so good. God told the people that he would be with them. God told the people that he would fight for them. And God has done exactly what he said. So what does Joshua do? Hey, don't forget what God told you. Don't forget the promises God made you. God made you promises and he kept them. So he focuses on the promises of God. And listen, he actually reminded them of the inheritance, right? So he reminds them and encourages them with promises. And then he says, hey, look, uh, you have an inheritance, right? The Lord your God fought for you. And he pushed out these people and he gave you this land as an inheritance and I have done what God called me to do. I have split this land up. I have given it to you. You have taken possession of it, okay? So I love this because he's reminding them of God's promises, but he's also reminding them of their participation in the promises. Because here's the thing. If God makes you a promise, what do you have to do? You have to accept it. You have to receive it, right? I mean, if I have a gift for you, or if I make a promise to you, uh, you have a role in that. And that is, you have to accept it. You have to receive it. You have to take it. And so, I love this, what Joshua's doing. He's meeting with these leaders because he knows he doesn't have many opportunities left to talk to them. And he talks to them about the promises of God. And he talks to them about the participation, right, in the promises of God. So, let's look at, these final words in verses 6 through 13. This is so good. Verse 6. Have you heard these words before? Be very strong. Have we heard those words before in Joshua? Yeah, who said that? God said it. In chapter 1 to who? To Joshua. (laughs) I love this because a godly leader is going to repeat the words that God has said himself. Right? That's how you recognize a godly leader. If it's a bunch of his words, we may have a problem. But if it's God's words, you won't ever have a problem. So what does he say right off the bat? Be very strong. The same words God said to him, he's saying to his people. Be very strong. He says this, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. Verse nine, the Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. And again, he says at verse 10, one of you routs a thousand. Why? Because the Lord your God fights for you, right? He's recognizing that without God, none of this could have happened. It is the Lord your God who fights for you, just as he promised. Verse 11, so be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, And if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares. Now, here's the thing. Uh, You probably already know this, but that word snare, right, in the Old Testament, it means death, okay? It's a death trap. That's what a snare is. It's a death trap, so it means death. So he says, instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land, which the Lord your God has given you. So he said it in verse 3, and he says it again in verse 10, The Lord fights for you. The Lord fights for you. What an awesome reminder from Joshua. He wants them to know, not only who they are, he wants them to know, whose they are. And that's what a godly leader does. A godly leader is one who reminds people of the promises of God and the truth of God. A godly leader is not one who just reminds people of truth, but a godly leader is one who challenges people with truth. And that's what we see in this passage. Joshua challenges them with God's word. He challenges them With God's word. Uh, God's word very early. In Joshua chapter one. Chris has already said it. In Joshua chapter one. What did he say to Joshua? He said Joshua be strong and courageous. Be very strong. And, And so what does Joshua do? He uses the word of God to him. To challenge the people. He challenges the people with the word of God. Not only that. I see three very specific challenges Right after that. Number one, he challenges them to obey God. He challenges them to obey God. He says obey all, right? Obey all of what is written in the book of law, the law of Moses. Now, I want to ask you a question. What kind of obedience is he looking for? Complete. Somebody tell me, what is partial obedience? Disobedience, thank you. Partial obedience, right? So many times we obey this much and we pat ourselves on the back, right? Yeah, I did this, but we don't want to talk about this other stuff that we didn't do, right? Oh, but I did this. Oh, but I did that. But did you do all that God commanded you to do? Listen, partial obedience is disobedience. And the challenge here is not to partial obedience... Are so-so obedience, it is complete obedience. That's the only kind of obedience. Complete. He says obey all that is written in the book of the law. Let me ask you a question. How possible is that for you and me? There's a word for it. How possible is that for you and me? Thank you. It's impossible. You, You can't do it. I hate to say that to you, but you can't. And neither can I, right? That is why we need Jesus Christ. That's why we need Jesus Christ. We can't live that law perfectly. But here's the truth. We don't have to because Jesus did. Now, does that give us a get out of hell free card? Nope, this ain't Monopoly we're playing, right? Right? It doesn't give us a get out of hell free card. We don't just go, oh, well, since Jesus did it, I'm good. No, we still strive, right? We still strive to live in godliness. We still strive for holiness, okay? And I believe, listen, I believe if we will challenge each other with the word and we'll do it with love and we'll do it with grace and we'll do it with mercy, man, we would be, we would be so much better in this world, wouldn't we? Right, We're not called to beat people over the head with the Word of God. We're called to love people. Love people with the Word of God. So he challenges them with the Word of God and he challenges them to obey. Number two, he challenges them to serve God. He challenges them to serve God. Here's the truth. Joshua knows that they will be tempted to do what? Serve other gods. He says it right here. Right? Don't bow down to the other gods. Don't serve the other gods. He challenges them to serve God Almighty. And Joshua, he even says, don't associate yourself with those people or those gods. Matter of fact, he says these words. He says, hold fast to the Lord. Okay? Let me give you an example. If I'm holding on tight to this microphone and I don't let go of it, there's no way for me to grab that cup in Chris's hand the only way for me to grab that cup that is in Chris's hand is to do what? Mm -hmm. To let go of that microphone, right? So what is Joshua saying? He's saying, hold fast to the Lord your God so that when you're tempted, right, to reach out and grab something else, if you've got a hold to the Lord, then you won't, right? It's when you let go of the Lord that that temptation can very easily now become sin, Right? So he says, hold fast to the Lord. If you're holding fast to the Lord, the Lord will not let you down. He will not let you down. He will not fail. And so he challenges them to serve the one who fights for you. I I can't stop thinking about that. He only says it twice in this chapter, but he says it so loudly, right? The Lord has fought for you. The Lord still fights for you. I love that. That's what Joshua is saying. That's the God you serve. The God who fights for you. The God who makes incredible promises and keeps those promises. That's the one I'm asking you to obey. That's the one I'm asking you to serve. And then finally, the third thing, he challenges them to love God. Challenges them to love God. And I'm going to tell you something. This is not a call to a passive love. This is a call to an active love. I'm going to tell you what Jesus says. John chapter 14. I didn't put this in your handout, but if you want to write it down, you know what John, uh, Jesus says in John 14, 15? He says, If you love me, you will keep my commands. Just a little later on in John chapter 14, he says, Those who love me are those who obey me. Right? This is not a passive love. Joshua's not just telling his people, Hey, say that you love God. You know what he's doing? He's challenging them to show me. Show me you love God. Show me your love for God. It's an active thing. It's not passive. I love this. Dr. Tony Evans, here's what he says. Dr. Tony Evans, to follow God is not merely adhering to rules and regulations. It's about accepting and cultivating a relationship. God loves you and he calls you to live for him in return. And that is what Joshua wanted his people to realize. Joshua wanted these people to realize that yes. The commands of God are important. Right. But it goes beyond the commands of God. It goes beyond obeying and serving God. It's loving God. Because here's the thing. If you truly love God. Guess what you're going to do. You're going to obey Him. And you're going to serve Him. So I love these challenges that Joshua is making. And remember, he's making this challenge to his leaders, right? He's communicating to his leadership. This is not the whole assembly of Israel, not yet. We'll get to that in chapter 24. Right now, he's talking to his leaders, and he's challenging them with the word of God. He's challenging them to obey. He's challenging them to serve. And most importantly, he's challenging them to love. And so we get to this very, very important passage and this is a passage that, uh, man, it's good. Verses 14 through 16. Joshua says, Now I am about to go the way of all the earth. That means he's about to die. You know with all your heart and soul that not one, this is so good, not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Not one. Every promise has been fulfilled, not one has failed. I'm going to tell you, that has become one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Verse 15, but just as all the good things the Lord your God has promised you have come to you, so he will bring on you all the evil things he has threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from this good land he has given you. If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. So let, let's, let's, let's go back to the beginning, right? Cause, cause it sounds, it starts off real positive and then it goes, wait, what? Right? Wait, you, you're talking about the Lord's promises, and now you're talking about the Lord's anger? Wait, how can you have that same conversation in three verses? So so let's let's go back to 14, right? And and he says, God's word, God's promises never fail. That's what he says. God's word, God's promises never fail. Joshua realizes that he doesn't have much time left. And what does he do with his final words? He points them to the promises of God. He points them to the faithfulness of God. And I'm going to tell you, it would be easy to stop here. It'd be easy, right, to to stop here and focus on all the good promises that God has made and kept, right? It would be easy to stop right here and be satisfied, right? Like, Like you ate a good meal tonight, and right now you're in your chairs and you're thinking, now all I'll need is for the lights to go off and I can just go to bed, right? I can go to sleep. You're you're satisfied. Well, here's the thing. Another characteristic about a godly leader is that a godly leader is never satisfied. I used to tell my basketball team that. Every day. Every practice. Every game. The last words just about every time they would hear out of my mouth is, never be satisfied. Because when you're satisfied you stop. When you're satisfied, you stop. And so, Joshua's not done. God was still moving, God was still working, and God was still calling His people to be loyal and to be committed to His purposes. And here's what I love about verses 15 and 16. Okay? Joshua points them to both God's promise of blessing and God's promise of Discipline. Let me ask you a question. How many of you love that word discipline? (laughs) Nobody raise their hand? I I thought maybe two or three people would raise their hand, right? Listen, it's according to It's a perspective, right? When when you're being disciplined, you don't want to talk about it. But when you're disciplining someone else, right, it's different. See, when I think about disciplining my children, man, I love that. Why, 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 see, I'm not associating it with, I'm not associating it with punishment. I'm associating it with love. I discipline my children because I want what's best for them, right? It all, it's all about perspective. Well, Joshua points them to the promise of God's blessings, but he also points them to the promise of God's discipline. Joshua wasn't calling his people to live with perfection. He was calling them to live with purpose. Don't, mis, don't misinterpret that. Joshua wasn't calling them to perfection because Joshua knew they couldn't be perfect. What he was calling them to was to purpose. Live with purpose. Live with the purpose that God has given you and God has called you to. Live in holiness. Strive for holiness. So something else that's important to see and to know about God's blessings and God's discipline is found in Hebrews chapter 12, okay? Now, I may not have put that note on your handout, so if you've got your handout, I think this is very important that you write it down, okay? I put the scripture on the screen. Look at Hebrews 12:4 through 6. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as His Son. Isn't that beautiful? Right? As human beings, we hear the word discipline, we go, ugh. Right? But in our spirit, when we hear the word discipline, we ought to say, thank you, God. How many times do we thank God for His blessings? All day, every day, right? How many times, just help me here, how many times in the last week have you said, God, thank you for your discipline? Thank you for disciplining me this week. When I needed it. When's the last time you thank God for His discipline? Nobody wants to talk about that, do they? Right? I, I have to talk about it. <laughs> I shared with you this morning about those storms, right? And those storms showed me, showed me some things in my life, right? It, it showed me that I'm a whole lot better dishing that medicine out than I am taking that medicine. That's what those storms showed me. And God had to do some disciplining in my life, even in these past couple of weeks. And look, I want to reassure you, okay? Um, and I told someone this earlier tonight. The storms that have happened in my life, they looked a whole lot worse from my perspective, right? When I wasn't communing with God. Because when I was communing with God and talking to God and more importantly, listening to God, all of a sudden I took a step back and realized, you know what? God's got this. And this storm ain't near as big and bad as I thought it was on the front end, right? And, and so God had to do some, some discipline, right, work in my life. And He's still doing it. And even this morning, even this morning after the service, you know, um, I got in the truck and Marty and I were getting ready to go to lunch. And uh, just in the quietness of my heart, I didn't say it out loud. I mean, she's not even in here tonight. She's with the kids. But in the quietness of my own heart, I said, God... Thank you for the storms. Thank you for the storms, because you showed me some things. And um, God, you humbled me, and I needed it. You know, there are a lot of times when I I humble myself, but I don't humble myself quite enough. And sometimes God has to do it. And I could be resentful for that, or I could be thankful for it. And I'm I'm so glad tonight to tell you that I thank God for the storms, and I'm going to tell you this out loud publicly. I thank God for His discipline. Because His discipline right here. Hebrews chapter 12 tells me it's because He loves me. Right? He loves me. And He accepts me as His son. Flaws and all. Right? He accepts me as His son. The writer of Hebrews goes on to say this. Hebrews 12.10 God disciplines us for our good in order that we might share in His holiness. So the next time you feel the hand of God, right, on on you, and, and, and you're maybe going, what's going on, or why? Maybe just stop and say, thank you, God, for that heavy hand that is on me right now, disciplining me, because I know it's for my good, and I know it's because I get to share in your holiness. See, here's the thing. I have no holiness in and of myself, right The only holiness that I can walk in and be a part of is the holiness of God, but he invites me into it right that that's a that 's an invitation He invites me into his holiness as his son and so what an awesome what an awesome um, encouragement, what an awesome challenge from I used to say early on, this young Joshua, but now I have to say this old Joshua, right? This old man Joshua, he's still doing what he did all those years ago. He's encouraging his people. He's challenging his people with the promises of God, with the word of God. And so I want to leave you with one thought tonight. I want to leave you with one truth tonight, okay? And it's right there at the end of your handout. The Lord fought for his children then, and the Lord still fights for his children today. Think about that for just a moment. The Lord fought for his children then, and the Lord still fights for his children today. The, I, I told you this morning, um, I love running. It's one of those things that I, God's you know, kept me healthy enough to do it. I, I enjoy it. Uh, some of you are going, good for you. Uh, I love it. I really do. I absolutely love it. Uh, I went running yesterday. Um, so most of you know, there's this thing called March Madness and it bleeds over into April. Uh, I'm a basketball fan. I love, I I just wish it could go on for like two months, just basketball games every day that I could sit and watch and enjoy. And yesterday there were two, two basketball games, the the March Madness semifinals. And so I told my son Jacob, uh, Jonah, it was just, he and I at the house and I told Jonah, I said, Jonah, I got to go run. He said, why? Why? I said cuz it makes me feel better. He said, "Do you feel bad?" I said, "No, but I will in about 3 hours." <laughs> because my favorite team North Carolina was playing Duke last night. And I knew that there was an opportunity there for me to get real excited and really way too much into it and that, you know, cuz I just invest myself way too much. So I just went running. And and I have a playlist. I told you this I had my, my watch, I have a playlist, and I had my my headphones in, and one of the songs that came on um is a song by Elevation Worship, and it's called Same God. Um, If you've not heard it, you need to go listen to it, okay? The theme of the song is the same God we read about in the Old Testament. The same God that did what he did for David is the same, right? He's the same God today. Thousands of years have not changed our God. Landscapes, right? Time constraints... Nothing has changed our God. What does the word tell us about our God? He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, right? You and I don't change God. This world doesn't change God. He is the same God. And so what God did for David, what God did for Moses, I'm gonna tell you something, what God did for Joshua, what God did for Israel, God still does today, right? The enemy, Satan, wants you to believe that God don't work like anymore, that God don't speak like that anymore, that God don't move like that anymore, I'm just here to tell you you're listening to the wrong person if you believe that because I've heard some of you tell me what God's done for you in your life And, and I'm telling you what God's doing for me in my life he's still working, he's still fighting for me, and I'm so thankful because there's times when I throw down the weapons and I can't fight for myself I'm so thankful that I have a God who fights for me Right. And even if I did pick up these earthly weapons, I can't do what my God can do, right? My God fights for me. So whatever storm you're going through, right? Whatever discipline, right? God might be pouring out on you right now. Don't miss this. It is for your good so that you might share in His holiness. I know it don't feel good. I know at times it don't look good. But don't let what you feel and what you see dictate what you know in your heart. Because what I know in my heart is there's nothing in this world that can harm me. Nothing in this world that can harm me that my God can't protect me from, can't shoot me from, can't enable me to walk through it and come out better on the other side. The God who fought for Joshua and Israel is the God who still fights today for you and for me. That's the promise. That's the truth. That's His word. Amen? I almost hate that we've got one more chapter and we've got to finish this. This is good stuff. So, anybody got any questions or any comments tonight? Maybe something that I just flew past or something that you've seen uh, in Joshua 23 maybe that I didn't highlight. Anybody? Any questions? Any comments? Two of you.